Hello, and welcome to another edition of the 16-Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. Really excited to be with you for another year. Happy New Year to you and yours. 2019 is upon us, and we are getting things moving. Picking up right where we left off. We want to thank everybody for the kind of couple weeks off we had there. It was much needed and much appreciated, but we are back and better than ever. I know. Is that really possible? Episode number 93 Noventa y Trace, featuring the extremely talented Eric Wolf Salston, checking in with us via St. Petersburg, Florida, and Motor Works Brewing Company. First, I want to give a quick early happy anniversary shout out to the crew over there. Best of luck. Five years is pretty amazing. Keep up the good work. And for folks who want to follow at home, see Eric's work, you can easily follow along on the Instagram, on the IG, as the kids call it, Eric underscore W underscore Salston, S-A-H-L-S-T-E-N, and then it's Motorworks Brewing, as it's spelled, as it sounds, and as the beer flows. So what do we do over the holidays? It was a busy time. I know you're wondering, you're following along a little bit, but we definitely weren't giving the daily updates like we used to. But since we've last spoken to you, Santa came. We were on the nice list. We were a little naughty. You know what I'm saying? Then went down to Philadelphia, saw the squad there, celebrated you know, with, with the fam, came back to Connecticut, saw our people. Then we spent a few days in lovely Burlington, Vermont. I want to thank everybody up in Burlington who was just wonderful. We had a great experience. Went to Foam Brewing, went to Burlington Beer Company, Citizen Cider. The food up there was just incredible. Didn't see any snow, which was nice. I mean, visually, it would have been really great to see that. Live in New England, you get plenty of snow. But the opportunity to walk around the city, not have to drive really anywhere. You know, we went to Ben and Jerry's, did a few little you know touristy things. But other than that, we really were walking, hitting the streets, being on the ground with the people. Lake Champagne Plain was beautiful. It was cold, not going to lie, but it's all relative, I guess, when you're up here. It was a few days that were you know in the teens. But other than that, it was really nice. We could walk everywhere, have a few you know pints, just kind of enjoy the, the food, the music, the people, and just really had a, had a wonderful experience. Spent some time on Church Street and just really, you know, was loving it. Brought the new year in and, you know, just getting right back into it. So we got some stuff they're working on. We're still a little delayed getting you the season nine video. It, it's being finalized, but uh, the last few days were spent in Las Vegas as part of the CES conference. It was an opportunity I could not pass up. It was a wonderful experience to, to be out there. It's definitely a little, a little overwhelming, 180,000 people, but, you know, made the best of it. Got about 20, 22,000 steps in every day, you know, walking about nine to 10 miles and just really kind of, once you leave your room in the morning, you're not back there till you know, later in the, in the evening, nighttime. There's just so many things, you know, going on. Lots of traffic, lots of people. But we're back here stronger than ever. Like I said, 16 ounce canvas, 16OZ canvas is the hashtag. The people are using it. It is growing. We thank you all. And we're definitely using it to help us get introduced, turned on to new artists, new breweries, new designs, and more importantly, new guests for the future. So look for that. Look for more information. As usual, 16OZCanvas.com is the website, and 16OZCanvas is how you can find us on all the social media platforms, the Twitter, the Facebook, the Instagram. And then head on over to iTunes. We are going to be on Spotify probably the next day or so, which is exciting. That was a little uh, administrative delay on our part, but wherever else you want to find a Stitcher, Google Play, the whole nines, leave a review, give us a little thumbs up, some stars, wherever it is the platform's using to say you're digging it. And hey, it's a new year. Everyone's looking for new podcasts. It's a super saturated market. So let the folks know about the 16-ounce canvas. Tell your friends, retweet, like, share, text, copy-paste, email, phone call, fax, smoke signals, whatever it is. We appreciate it, and we appreciate you. And that hasn't changed. 2019 is going to be a great year, and let's kick it off with episode number 93 Eric Wolf Salston, Motorworks Brewing, right here, 16 ounce canvas, episode number 93. We are approaching the century mark, folks. It's going to be fucking sick. Sorry for the profanity. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the 16 ounce canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. 
Very excited to have with us today, joining us from St. Petersburg, Florida, Mr. Eric Wolf Salston. We came to learn of Eric through the work that he's doing with Motorworks Brewing down there in Florida. He's kind of the art, design, marketing guru slash king, Mr. Know-it-all, do-it-all. So he's a he's a busy man there wearing a bunch of different hats. And so we appreciate you you know, making the time to, to join us today, Eric. Yeah, man. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. It's a big honor. Really appreciate you reaching out. Yeah, it's really cool because, like, we've had a few artists like yourself who, you know, I get we've started using the hashtag before we really ever connected, and so it was kind of fun to to be following along with your work and kind of seeing the journey. And like I said to you before, and I'm excited to try them in the future, but we've never had, you know, MotorWorks Brewing. So you are the kind of the connection point, and it's a really great example of the the power of art and design to you know, bring people in to, to try something new. And that, you know, I'm, so I'm excited to try the beer because of you and because of your art. And so it's really, really cool just to be able to connect with you today. Yeah, absolutely, man. We'll definitely, definitely have to get some, uh, some beer in your hands for you to try. Um, yeah, I've been there, uh, coming up in January, I've been there for three years and, um, Motorworks, it's down in Bradenton, which is just, uh, like 30 minutes South of St. Pete, okay. uh, the Tampa Bay area. Um, so we opened January uh, 2014. Um, it was about a year year of construction prior to that. Built out in this huge old uh, old automobile um, like dealership, former Hudson dealership in the 40s and 50s. Um, so it's like a massive, massive space with a huge beer garden out back, and it's, it's a really cool spot. And so we're celebrating our five year uh, next month towards the end of January. So we're all kind of plotting for that right now, and it's exciting man got some got some cool stuff planned well this will be perfect i think this episode will probably drop right at the end of the year and so let me be the first to uh you know wish the crew over at motorworks a happy fifth anniversary you know wishing you guys nothing but the best and look forward to, to coming down to florida and you know cracking a few in the future but yeah five years in this business in any business right they say the first year is the hardest and you have to grow and kind of you know move forward and evolve so it's really Five years in, in this super competitive space, especially in Florida, is really impressive. So, you know, happy anniversary, guys. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's been, it's been crazy. I'm, at, I'm from Tampa um, originally, and then I went to school up in Tallahassee, lived there for a couple of years, and I've been back in St. Pete for maybe two and a half. Okay. So it's just been crazy, the, uh, the growth of breweries locally. I mean, you know, Cigar City kind of started out in 2009, I think, and um I mean, like two, three years ago, there was maybe, I don't know, 15, 20 breweries, and now there's upwards of 70 to 80, so it's, just, it's crazy, man. There's just there's so many cool spots now. It's been really cool to see. Yeah, we, with the with the kids in school, my wife's a teacher, so we take, you know, our, our breaks, or are, are when everybody else is taking a break, but we did uh, Clearwater last year, just kind of wanted to, we, we just kind of looked nice. for somewhere, yeah, somewhere warm to go, and, you know, we kind of last minute planned it, and then we hopped over to Tampa, Went to the aquarium, you know, headed over to Angry Chair. And so it was really just a, a cool experience. It was around the time of, uh, you know, the bolts were in the, you know, moving ahead really far. You know, sorry it didn't go mm-hmm. as well as wanted, but it was just cool. It was infectious. Everyone, you know, there was go, go bolt signs everywhere. And it was, it was really cool. So it's, uh, that's kind of, it's awesome. That's where you're, you're from. Yeah. Maybe, maybe this year, man. We're looking pretty good so far. We'll see if we can, uh, see if we can keep it up and stay injury free, hopefully. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm from, I'm, as you learned, I'm from Philly, and so our team looks like kind of a dumpster fire, hot garbage right now. They just fired Hextall, so who knows what's going to happen. Yeah, but, we'll see, man. But whatever, man. I'm still riding high from the Eagles. I got to tell people, if they, you know, if none of my teams win again, I'm pretty happy. So, I mean, it took me 40 years, and so I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a greedy fan. So I definitely uh, i will take what I can get. Right, yeah. I think the, the Bucks have a, uh, a two-game win streak, so that's pretty good for us. So we're all, we're all pretty excited about that. You got a big, yeah. Who you have a big game this weekend, right? It's against the, it's the Saints, right? I mean, when this airs, obviously it won't be relative, but who knows? It's going to play the Saints this weekend. Yeah, yeah, Saints, and I guess we're the only team to beat them. I guess the first game of the season, but things have uh, steadily gone downhill from there. So I'm not, I don't know if I'll be watching. It's probably going to get pretty ugly. Yeah, Mr. Crab Legs, he's kind of a hot mess, but yeah. Right. So let, before we go and trashing our, our sports teams, um, let's take a let's take a step back. What's you know you've you've been there over over three years now, and what's kind of 
know, what's your background, Eric? How did you get into art and design and, you know, doing digital work like you're doing now? Um, I mean, I've, I've always been into art since I was a little kid. You know, I started drawing at a super young age. Um, I'd have to find them. They're probably somewhere in a moving box somewhere, but I just had tons of sketchbooks just full of stuff. Like, when I was a kid, I was super into, well, I wasn't, I'm still super into it, but um, got really into sci-fi and fantasy stuff when I was a little kid. Um, huge Star Wars fan, huge Lord of the Rings fan, uh, Dragon Ball Z, World of Warcraft, stuff like that. So I kind of, I was really into video games growing up and I used to buy all of those, uh, like all the concept art books. Um, like my bookshelf was literally just like Star Wars, the art of technology, Star Wars, the art of aliens and weapons, Star Wars, like character concepts, all the the Lord of the Rings concept art books, Warcraft concept art books, stuff like that. And so that was really what I was into and just love the imagery of that stuff and just like the worlds kind of associated with them, just, you know, just a lot of rich, rich mythology and stuff to pull from. And uh, also this tabletop game that I got into kind of by way of D&D with some, some friends when I was growing up, uh, Warhammer, which is like a, a figure kind of based tabletop game that I guess started over in England in I think the late eighties, maybe. Um, but got really into that. And like, we never, we never learned the rules of the game too well. It was all kind of dense and kind of confusing, but we just like painting the, painting the models and, you know, it was a bunch of cool aliens and creatures and tanks and vehicles and stuff like that. So I, I painted miniatures and models as a kid for, geez, a long time, like 10, 10, 15 years, probably. That's, that's where all my, my money as a kid went to. So that was really kind of my introduction. I've been, I've been drawing my whole life and, and painting and all that. So that was kind of the start. Okay. Yeah, no, we were, we had a big, uh, we had a big world of Warcraft phase here. And I, you know, I definitely uh, can see how those, those games, it was not a tabletop game, but I always think of that with D and D and just kind of that whole subculture. I remember, I was in. I think you're talking about that game in Europe. I was in like Amsterdam, and they have a whole. They have this whole huge building of just like for gamers. It was like online and like you know story games, and it was it was it was mind blowing. It was this huge place, and like it, it was packed wall to wall people. And I've seen I've seen a few more places like that. There's a place in Portland, Maine that has one. It's a uh, Barcadia, and like part of you know it was a it's a it's and it's kind of similar to the vibe of Barcade, but this ha- this also had a section for just like tabletop games and it was it was, you know put back their magic cards and it, it was it was wild because it was like it was a hopping bar and people were tying one on and just you know geeking out literally you know playing their their games and it was it was kind of nice like the, the the that's an option now like you don't have to play in your, your basement or you know in secrecy anymore it's a lot it's gotten a lot cooler right yeah it's definitely more mainstream and it's i mean I, i've been kind of out of that for a while but yeah i mean me and my friends back in the day growing up, we would just set up these huge, like we had this huge table in a uh, friend of mine's house and we just set up all the models and like set up castles and stuff. And like, oh, like I so said, cool. we didn't really know how to play that well. The rule book was like a novel thing. It was like 300 pages. So we kind of winged it, you know, it was, it was house rules. <laughs> but um, I really, I was more drawn to the, the hobby side and just like assembling them and, and painting them and, you know, reading through all the books and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. When I was, when I was a kid, that just made me think we had like we had a lot of train we had a bunch of trains and had like the models and had like the little towns and I used to love all those this this you know we'd set up it on the in the dining room tables and every year we get a couple new pieces so yeah it's really it's really amazing to yeah. see that yeah we have a, we have a really cool hobby shop uh, in town where I went to university and I'd always kind of I wouldn't I wouldn't really buy anything because I didn't really like hey, you're in college and you barely have you know, two pennies rubbed together it usually goes to beer right. shitty beer and it was just like I always, but I always, every time I'm in a mall or I'm in a store, and I'm like, I always just stop in and just kind of just like, wow, like it's so, it's so cool. It's just, there's so many cool things. Like whatever you're into now, there's there's something, you know, there's there's not there's like it's not niche anymore. And also with the online and the the virtual communities, you know, it's 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 just really grown. You know, it's a good, it's kind of funny because it's a good use of technology for something that is a really kind of hands-on craft. But like you can get all the pieces or you can probably find a shorter version of the direction somewhere or just someone who can, you know, summarize it for you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, with social media, like every, 
I mean, you can you can find a, a blog or a website of just about every niche you could possibly yeah. imagine. Hence, yeah, hence, hence us talking right now, right? Yeah. Yeah, right? It's, it's cool. There's, yeah. There's definitely something for everyone out there. Right? I agree. And so with that, if you want to follow along and see some of Eric's uh, really you know badass labels and his, his work, it's Eric underscore W, the W is for Wolf, underscore Salston, S-A-H-L-S-T-E-N, and we'll, we'll link that shit up, but... And you also can go to Motorworks Brewing on Instagram and motorworksbrewing.com to to see some of the you know the many labels that that you've done for them and yeah I, I like them they're really detailed you know and um, how many how many labels do you think you've done up to this point? Oh man, um, let me think. It's been about maybe fifteen, fifteen or close close to that. And we got a, a bunch in the works right now, but yeah, I think around there maybe fifteen to twenty something like that. Yeah. Um, the first one I did was the uh, uh, for this Daddle Pepper Chocolate Imperial Porter. Um, That's a that tongue twister. I did. What's that? That's a tongue twister. That one, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a mouthful. We just call it Daddle, but um, Daddle is the name of the pepper. They're they're local to Florida. They're grown up in um, in St. Augustine. We get ours from a a, a guy with a farm up there. Um, so that was the first, the very first one I did back in twenty. Uh, 2015 and we actually just re-released that and um kind of updated the label for that one it, it needed some love um so it was kind of cool to revisit the first one that i had done and, and give it a little bit of a revamp um you know with with the skills i've acquired over the last few years so it was, it was fun to revisit that one and it's a uh, it's a spicy beer for sure man it'll, it'll knock you on your ass that's good yeah i've come to like that with like i know the one of the more popular ones is kind of like the mexican cake but even bomb from prairie like Using the peppers yeah. in these stouts, it's like you. Sometimes you read the stuff and you're like, "I would never want to have that." And then you, then it's like, "Chill out, man. Like, just give us a try." And it's like, it just works. It's I don't know how I don't know how it's done, but it, like the spices, it's it's pretty bomb. So I love it. Yeah, so that one they make like uh, the brewers will take it and they they kind of blend it and make like a puree of the peppers, um, and then just infuse that into the beer. We all we have a we have an IPA that we do also with daddle peppers, but that one they they take the seeds out so it's not that spicy you just get kind of the uh the more like tropical mango kind of flavors like the, the dental pepper is kind of fruity naturally so that one okay seed down, you get the kind of fruit flavor but the porter the porter's got the seeds in and it's it's definitely got a kick but um it, it mellows with age but fresh it's, it's definitely pretty spicy now I have no connection or ability to make this happen, but there's a brewery here in Connecticut called Fat Orange Cat, and they do uh, they do a spicy beer also called Jalapeno Jack, and it'd be cool to to have you know the, the little collaboration there. They they do they take the seeds out for most of them, and then I think like every we'll just arbitrarily it's like every third batch they keep them in, so it's even like it's spicier. So they have like the two versions of it, but I like that so. We'll make that happen. Motorworks and Fat Orange Cat. We'll have the the Fat Orange Cat riding on a motorcycle with like you know the big handlebars. We'll do it up. Again, I have Hell no, yeah. I have no power. To, I have no power to make that happen. But we'll, you know, just just throwing it out there. Just jot it down for later. <laughs> yeah. Right. So all right. So what what is your you know I, I, again if you follow Eric Instagram I, I really like it because you can kind of see some of the sketches some of the early works you know if you go through and that's one of my favorite parts as I say is to kind of go through your kind of go back into the the first ones you can see you, know, you can even see your first label on there and you know some of your your hijinks and adventures but what is your you know what's your what kind of your process you know how are you bringing these things to life um every single one pretty much without fail there's there's maybe one or two that were strictly digital um in the computer from from step one but the majority of them um start out as a sketch so I'll, a lot of them start out on sticky notes. I'll just like, if I think of something, I'll kind of just scribble something down on a, uh, a sticky note really quick just to, just so I don't forget it. And I'll kind of just map out rough ideas like that to show to uh, show to the rest of the team and show to the brewers, just kind of a rough concept. And then if the general direction gets approved, um, start with a pencil sketch and uh, kind of mock it up that way. And then once I'm happy with the pencil, I will... Uh, I use like just micron pens and I'll just ink over that. So ink, ink the pencil drawing and then scan that into the computer. And um, when I first, when I first started for whatever reason, I, I assumed that everything had to be vector. And I was like obsessed with vectorizing everything. Um, 
which obviously, depending on the detail of the drawing, you can lose a lot of quality that way. Not everything converts super cleanly. But um, so depending on the sketch and the kind of style for that specific beer, um, I'll either vectorize it in Illustrator um, and then color it that way, or I'll bring it into Photoshop, um, kind of saturate the black, you know, make the black lines a little a little crisper, a little darker, and then and then do the colors in Photoshop um, and do it that way. So like the the lavender ale um, with like the kind of purple flowers and, and bumblebees on the can. That was the first one that I colored digitally in Photoshop. So that was kind of new territory for me, and it was it's kind of opened up a lot of new options and it's been really fun to play around in that a little bit, but um, yeah, everything starts hand drawn and then it gets scanned into the, the, the computer afterwards. Okay. Now you mentioned you kind of show it to the crew. What is the reverse process? How are they coming to you with the name or, or the vision? You know, what, what is that process like? Um, I mean, I'm, I'm in the office at the brewery uh, five days a week. So I'm always in there and we're always kind of, you know, just chatting throughout the day and we, you know, we'll have beers outside in the beer garden afterwards and just kick around ideas. So we've had beers that we've, you know, brewed for a long time, maybe, but haven't packaged yet. Um, so we'll just kind of just bring something up like, Hey, you know, we really would like to can this beer for, you know, this specific event, or we got this coming up, you know, we'd, we'd like to get this ones in cans. Um, so we'll just kind of kick around ideas. It's very open, just kind of, just kind of round table discussions, you know, uh, we'll just just kind of hang out and very casual and just kick around ideas, bounce ideas off of one another, and uh, yeah, it just kind of depends on uh, the season and uh, and whatnot or specific events. Like the lavender has been a uh, an annual spring seasonal release, um, and kind of like the imperial, they're the pepper imperial porter. It's kind of like a niche beer, but the people that are into it are like super into it. Um, so that's been one that we've wanted to can for a while. Um, so we just did the, the first run of that this year. Um, and it was pretty well received. Um, so I think next year we'll probably re-release that one in cans. Um, so yeah, it just kind of depends like yeah. we, for the anniversary in January, we got, you know, we got some, some package releases planned that'll, it'll be pretty cool. Nice little teasers. What do you got for us? I mean, this one, I don't want to ruin your spot, but I always like to get the inside track. So you have some stuff, some fan favorites or new new beers at least. You can kind of leave it as a teaser if you want, but uh. um, yeah, without without giving out too much quite yet. Definitely a fan favorite. Definitely one that people have wanted to see in cans for a long, long time. Um, and then a couple brand new ones. Nice. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So cool. It'll be we're in the. I'm working on those right now. Actually, just last night was kind of starting to work on the uh, the labels for that one. Uh, so we got the bottles in last week so all the wheels are starting to spin on that one so it's super cool we're we're trying to we've never done like a big uh anniversary party or fest or anything like that so we felt like for the five year we gotta gotta do some cool stuff for and release a bunch of beers so that's all starting to get kind of plotted out right now yeah and that and again it's a daedal or daddle is that you said the one daddle yeah yeah it's it's the new one i mean the original one is like a very it's a viking with like a I don't know, you probably drew a picture of your own beard, right? It's got, like, the bearded dude. But the new one is just, you know, it's pretty badass. The guy just, you know, kind of open road with the handlebars and the motorcycle. So it, it's uh, not to shoot on the other one, but it's a huge upgrade. I think it's a, it, it's kind of cool to see your evolution as an artist to be able to get that level of detail from where it was previously. So you, I think you got, like, a honor that not a lot of folks get is that they get to go back to, you know, mo- update or modernize something. Usually it's... Well, we already did that. We already have a label for it. Let's move on to the next one. So I think it's uh, it's only it's it's just it's a great um, portfolio kind of um, look back. It shows kind of how you've evolved as an artist. Yeah, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, it was as, as soon as um, we started talking about brewing another batch, I knew that I wanted to revisit that one. And um, yeah, it's fun. It's fun to revisit the same concept, but just. Yeah, give it a give it a definite upgrade. I agree with you, man. It's definitely an upgrade, and it was it was fun to do. Same same general you know concept, but just to uh, to rehash it a little bit there. And um, yeah, man, I appreciate it. Yeah, it really works. It's really cool, and I, and I also like again. Uh, I'm just, if you go to Motorworks Brewing, you can see there's the variants too, and so you have variant labels, which I like too, with the bizarre and you know the the daddle. So it's really cool to that you guys do that. I, I like that it's it's subtle, you know, just kind of the ones 
blacked out. I guess probably the barrel aged one is blacked out, if I'm not mistaken, right? So it kind of makes it like darker. But yeah, it's pretty cool. So yeah, that, sounds pretty good too. Yeah, that's the that's the first time we barrel aged that beer, and um, it was uh, aged like six months in spiced rum barrels, and it really like mellowed the pepper and added some nice kind of like cinnamony kind of nutmeg flavors. Um, it's, it's really good. I got a bottle of that in the fridge right now. I'm wait, waiting for a cold night to, to crack open here, which we don't get too many of those. Yeah, you're Florida, in Florida. But... Yeah, exactly. I was just saying, I was talking to my, my boy Dom over at uh, Beer Culture. He's he's always giving me a hard time because I'm in up here freezing my ass off and he's rocking, you know, rocking the flops and the shorts. And so, yeah, I don't feel too bad for you yeah, guys down there, but it's good. It's, 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 always, it's always time. Yeah, there's always, I mean, people always write the argue. It's always stout season, so it's always good to have a big, a nice beer. Yeah, for sure, man. Excellent. Now, we you know we talked about how you, you how you work, but timing wise, how much how much how much time are they giving you? You know, it's always a touchy subject. But I mean, how much how much time do you have between? Hey, we're coming up. I guess if we do the math right, you're it's kind of a couple weeks away from the anniversary. So, do you always get three weeks, or is that just because it's the big anniversary and you have to do a bunch of them? Like, how much time do, they, do you have between now and release date? Uh it's it's never really like a hard and fast timeline it, you know certain things have quicker turnarounds than other we, if we really want to get uh, you know if some event kind of comes up and we really want to get something out you know i mean i think the quickest i've ever done one was like three days got one like done and turned around in three days but that was just i don't even remember what it was for but it, it kind of depends i mean a lot of these are kind of a little bit looser dates like you know we'd like to get this one bottled or canned at some point you know if something's in a barrel you obviously have some more time to work with um you know if it's going to spend six months in a barrel you obviously have some some leeway there so it just kind of depends um like the the anniversary will be at the very end of january so we kind of met about that earlier this week and and kind of decided which beers we for sure want to release and um so yeah i got about two weeks two two three weeks to get that one turned around so that's fairly typical i'd say but um it's it, it kind of varies yeah well i think two weeks is good yeah i mean i've heard people say the same thing you're saying it's not ideal but you know it's amazing what you can do in a couple of days you know sometimes some of the best work happens when you're under the under the fire so to speak uh, that's that's definitely been the case with me I, all through school and college i, I definitely <laughs> I definitely work better under under deadlines like when you have no choice but to get it done sometimes it's a little uh, a little easier that way <laughs> yeah now how did you come to how did you come to team up with uh with motorworks you know where, where, where does that come in your in your timeline um so i graduated from fsu in 2013 and i worked at an advertising agency up there for two years um and i wasn't working on client-side business i was uh i was the new business coordinator um so I was just really pretty much pitching um, like RFPs and stuff to prospective clients, just kind of pitching the agency, trying to land new clients. And uh, it was definitely a good, good first job out of college. Um, great company, really cool, really cool company culture. Just my specific role was, was not really what I wanted to be doing long-term. I, I think I've always known um, that I wanted to do something a little more creative and, and get into that side of things. Um, so I moved back to Tampa with the intention of going to school to get a, uh, like a design certification or a design degree of, of some type. And I was in class for like a week. I did the first, <laughs> the first week of classes and immediately knew that school was, was not for me. I, I just, I thought I could go back to school and all that. And I just didn't really turn out that way. Um, you know, once you've been in the, in the, the workforce for two years, it was, it was kind of hard to go back to, to sitting in a classroom um and then was just kind of job hunting after that and then um through friends and family heard that this brewery down in Bradenton was um looking for uh you know a marketing guy like a marketing position and um didn't really know what I was getting myself into I was like oh, you know I like beer um you know this sounds like a, a really good opportunity so why not so applied and interviewed with those guys down there for a couple weeks did some uh like some spec work assignments and then, uh, yeah, and then got the job and been there just about three years now. So it's been, it's been an incredible opportunity and it's been a lot of fun. I've, I've learned so much and it's, uh, obviously a pretty cool industry to be a part of. I'm loving it, man. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I one of the things I like a lot is, when, um, 
you don't really wish people would have shitty jobs, but I think it's like really important in life to have a couple shitty jobs. And we are back. Just like that, folks. Rocking and rolling in 2019. Eric's really easy to talk to. Really humble, really appreciative. Enjoys his gig. He's a really proud member of of the MotorWorks team. And just really uh, glad to be able to share this one with you. I think that where we're leaving off from the episode is, you know, you get the you get the spiel from me in a little bit. I just, shitty jobs are important. Just remember that. Your first job most likely is not going to be your last. And shitty jobs are important. Let us know. What was your what was your first job? What was your shitty job that you had? I don't know if I would say my first job was necessarily shitty. When I, I mean I was obviously you know, I'm talking about as a kid. But I worked at a place called Sahara Sam's, which is kind of like the Safari spin-off bastardized version of like the Chuck E. Cheese model, except with less animated kind of animatronic robotic puppets. And I didn't make shit. I made very little. And I was 14 at the time. And in Philadelphia, when I started there, you could be 14 and you know work in that type of place. But while when I, while I was there, they changed the laws that, to get your working permit, which I don't even know is that thing anymore. You had to be 16. And so management kind of knew that I had no other options for a job. So it was... Not necessary to give AJ any more money. Again, I think I was making four bucks, whatever. Something, something that was not great. But it was a cool job in the fact that I got to play video games on my lunch break. So when I get to go to places like Barcade and old school video games and play a little NBA Jam or Mortal Kombat, I can hold my own. But it was a terrible job. I saw some things. It was part, and yeah, just wasn't great. Well, since we're sharing, and I know you really, that's why you're listening to, to learn more about me. One of my first days on the job, and I thought it was going to be my last, and this is before the whole um, minimum wage thing, they had rides. And if you think of you know, the carnival, it kind of goes in a circular motion. It has some little bit of a hills, but it's on the round. It's kind of has the roller coaster ride cart you know, to it. It goes forward and then it goes backwards. And it's really simple. It gets different speeds. You know, with the bumps, it, it's fun. They had it indoors. I was running the ride, which is questionable. And so the ride goes forward. And on its way, you know, forward, you know, it slows down when it's near the end of the rotation. And then it, you know, it comes to a stop and goes the other direction. A group of kids was standing up in their seats, asking them to sit down. You know, the ride wasn't over. You know, me and my prepubescent voice, I didn't have this, you know, strong, sexy radio voice that you've come to love or hate. So I, ca- I can't even get my voice to probably get as high as it was. But okay, please sit down, please, please. You know, yelling. Long story short, this is the fun part. One of the one of the lads decides not to listen and he falls forward into the ride. <laughs> All right. Um, so I scream like you uh, would not believe. And from there, long story short, the, the boy's arm is caught in the ride. Um, there was some blood, and he was raised to the hospital. He's okay. So I definitely thought I was going to lose my job. I screamed for help. You know, they came over. You know, they attended to him, got him out of there, and he was okay. But I come to find out that I did a good job. I got a, I got a you know. Nice little pat on the back. Probably got an extra little chicken tender in my, you know, meal that day. But yeah, it was uh, it was a little scary being part of the workforce at, at that age. And another fun fact about AJ is that at that age, I was under five feet tall. I was a very short little man. I did not um, kind of grow or you know kick up to the next manhood level until my sophomore or junior year when I, you know. Broke the five foot barrier. It was a very exciting period in the in the family. You know the the measuring the measuring stick for me broke the five foot barrier. So that is uh, that's going to end this episode of, of of sharing with everyone here. But I, I do want to just get right back into it here. You're listening to episode number ninety three, Eric Wolf Salston, 
Motorworks Brewing right here in the 16-ounce canvas. And again, if you need to follow along, which I think is a no-brainer, it's Eric underscore W underscore Salston, S-A-H-L-S-T-E-N on Instagram. We do encourage Eric, and we've told him this on and offline. He needs to get a website. He needs to make that happen. Wolf, WolfStalston.com, Eric the Wolf. You know, there's tons of tons of plays on that, you know. But hungry like a like a Salston. See what I did there? And uh, yeah, so get on that, Eric. But this is episode number 93. This is our last episode of season number eight, and it ends with the, you know, the bearded man himself here. So let's get right back into it. Enjoy. Because I think it's just important to know, like, what you don't want to do or who you don't want to work for or the type of team member you want to be. So while I never I never feel good when people tell me, oh, I have this job and I hate it or this this place sucks or, you know, this, you know, I'm micromanaged by this, this and this. But in my head, I'm thinking you're not going to you don't like it today, but you're going to look back and be like, you know, this is how I got here. This is this helped me get to this point. And I th- that's a really a key takeaway. I, I'm all I also always try to do the glass half full versus half empty. So I try to be as positive as I can. But your story is yeah. a, a great example of that you, you didn't know you didn't know what you were going to do, but you didn't, you knew that wasn't that wasn't it, right? And so that that got you to put your you know, get, get out there and hit the and look where you are. So that's I think yeah, it's really exciting. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, when my first year at college, I was um, I was actually a studio art major for uh, for two semesters, and I think I've always known that this is what I've wanted to do. I mean, I've like I said earlier, you know, I've been drawing since I was a little kid. Like, I think in the back of my mind, I've always known art was was the thing. Um, just I think the major the studio art program was just maybe a little overwhelming at the time, and I was just like, whoa, well, you know, what am I getting myself into? You know, I need to get a normal job per se. Um, and I was, you know, even nervous applying to this position at the brewery, um, kind of a leap of faith a little bit in, um, in certain aspects. But now that I have this under my belt and that I've been doing this, you know, I mean, I just lose all track of time when I'm working on labels, you know, it's like when I'm, when I'm sitting there just drawing and, and working on these things, like I'm so invested in it. And it's kind of like, yeah, like no shit, dude. Like this is what, you've known this is what you want to do. Like, and it just kind of has cemented that, I guess. And like, it, it's really kind of clarified like what I want to be doing. And, and this is definitely it. I think it just took some, some time, like you said, learning what I definitely don't want to be doing and just kind of taking that leap of faith and just, and just going for it. Yeah. Cause I, cause I, I always admire the breweries and I mean, just in general, I, I've learned that folks are, yeah, you know, they always say you know how important small business is to the backbone of you know our country, and it's just uh, it, it reiterates that time and time again because while you're marketing and design and all the other things you're doing, there's probably six or seven other things you're doing on a regular basis or can do, and you're you know it's kind of everybody all hands on deck to help each other out and has that kind of community and you know family vibe too, especially you know, as you grow you know grow the business, and that's why you know it's pretty cool. Yeah. 100%. Man. I mean, it's a, it's a small office and a small brew team and it's just, um, yeah, everyone wears a lot of hats, but it's, it's really cool. Uh, I mean, it's like the polar opposite of my last job where I was just day in, day out doing one task, sitting at my desk doing one thing. And like, this is the complete opposite when it's like any, any given day, you have no idea what's going to come up. Uh, I mean, I do, I do all like the social media stuff too and, and website stuff and, you know, shipping out orders. It's like, it's, it's always changing, but it, it's cool, man. It keeps you on your toes and it's always something different. It's, it's definitely not boring. I can, yeah, I can only imagine. I mean, I think that what I've seen, we've gotten, we've done some of these in person to get to kind of see behind the scenes and it just, I think it's nice. And it really says a lot about a, a brewery when they make that commitment to have somebody like you on staff who's willing to, you know, they're willing to commit to having, you know, a, you know, the designs, you know, be special and be unique and, you know, bring it to the, the next level. Cause like you said, they have a lot of beers that they haven't canned yet. So it's exciting to think they're going to get to that, you know, next tier and continue to, you know, have more cans and, you know, do it up. And I think you're going to see with the fifth, you know, fifth year party, you know, the big anniversary throwdown, like how many people love you guys. And that's always cool too. Even when I do this and people send me an email or a text and say they love the episode or something, it's really it's really humbling, but it's just kind of nice to see, you know, 
all the hard work when you do it from a, a genuine place to, to be recognized. So I'm, I'm glad that you're in a happy place. It's really, it, it's, it's encouraging for others. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's, it's been really cool. Definitely, definitely humbling, man. Yeah. Oh, you're, you're, you're super humble, which I, I, I totally vibe on too. Now with that said, you know, we get folks at different stages of their career who check in and what have you, you know, as someone, you know, who's who's doing what they love you know what would your advice be for some you know someone kind of getting their feet wet yeah i mean i i feel like i'm you know pretty i guess compared to some other uh some other people you've talked to it's like pretty pretty new to this in the grand scheme of things um so i feel like i'm kind of just getting started but um i would just say just go for it man like if there's that kind of nagging voice in the back of your head or like you know, that one thing you kind of think about all the time, you're like, Oh, like, I, I can't do that. Like, you know, I, I don't, I can't see myself doing that. Like, just go for it, man. You know, just, if, if there's, if there's something, you know, that you are really into and it doesn't seem realistic, maybe, or it doesn't seem feasible, you know, just, I don't know. I would just say, just jump in, man, just go for it. Like, I think I, I probably could have started this much earlier. I don't know if it was just, you know, not having the confidence to just, just dive in and just take a bit of a leap of faith. But yeah, man, I would just, you know, if there's a nagging voice, just listen to it. Yeah, I, I agree. Cause I also think, and again, this is my advice just in life in general, that it's worse to wonder what could have been than to fail. And that's how I think, like, I don't know. I feel like that's, that's how I look at it. I, yeah, I I never want to look back and go, man, I wish I did that. I I have, I mean, I have experiences like that. And they suck, you know. Yeah. If I did this, I did that, and that's why I do this. I love, I love it. If people listen, I mean, the fact that you listen—that's how we connected. Is fucking super cool, and it's, a, it's, a, you know, it, it's even hard to put into words, but it, it means it means the world to me. And so, but the way the reason I do it is because I I genuinely love it, and then the fact that people geek out on it, and I can check out, you know, I check on the app, and I can see where people, have, you know, people checking in from all over, like literally all over the world. I mean, there's probably, I mean, there's only be yeah. 10, there may only be 10 of us. You know, people are always like, oh, how many people listen? And I was like, I think I know. I'm like, but I really don't really care, like, how many people listen. But if you yeah, are, you're li- doing, but, you're, yeah. You're doing it for you and for the, for the love of it. Yeah, we're building a community. And you're you're part of the family now. You're part of the alumni. You're you know, part of the community. But if you are listening and you have a chance to, somebody, head on over to iTunes and leave a review, a couple stars. It does help, you know, if we're going to try to go big with this thing. But anyway, shameless plug. But yeah, and again, I think that's you know I think I like I love your story that you you just knew what you what you didn't want to do and you kind of went for it and you know maybe you know if you didn't answer that ad you know who knows where you'd be you know you could be fucking miserable somewhere you know and you're you can hear in your voice how much you love your job. Yeah, I think that's the thing. Just be just becoming comfortable with failure. I think that's really a big impediment for for myself and for a lot of people. Just like that fear of failure just is kind of paralyzing sometimes, but. Now I just like, I want to fail and fail fast and learn from it. You know, it's like that failure is just a building experience. So I've just, even, even old labels like that first one, like I've learned to not get too attached to any single thing. It's like, you can always look back and be like, Oh, I should have done this. Or like, I could have done this a little better, but now I'm just like, whatever, you know, that, that was, I did the best I possibly could at that time. And now let's move forward and and get better. Yeah. I'm into that. I think, yeah. And like I said, it's really cool that you had that opportunity to to do that. So I think that's yeah. A lot. I think absolutely. there's a lot. A lot of artists would be like, oh, I wish you know, because they cringe when I mention, oh, I saw something you did back in '15 or whatever. And it's like, oh. But I mean, again, and if you if you listen to this over and over again, I tell a lot of the same stories, and I, I do apologize, but to folks for that. But that first hour tape I have of the first time I ever did radio, it is the worst thing ever. It's all. It's like god awful, and. <laughs> I, I got to figure a way to digitize it because I think maybe one week I'm just going to like put it up as like a bonus episode if I can transfer it from tape. But it's a train wreck. I mean, you can hear I can't work the equipment. I have so many ums and uhs. Uh, uh, uh. It's so bad it's good. So that's a we'll figure a way to do that. Right. Yeah, I mean, that, that lavender can, the one which I'm super out, but that was maybe take four, take five on that can. I mean... The, the the sketches that didn't make it will never see the light of day because they're I look at them I'm like oh man like I'm so glad this didn't get approved and put on the can because it's awful 
and like you know it was like those necessary steps like I had to fail three four times before we landed on the the winning idea that you know that made it that was good enough for that beer and it's just like those growing pains you know like your first idea is not always going to be the best one my my first idea is rarely the best one so it's like you gotta you gotta kind of slog through the shitty ideas before you get to the winner that which does not kill us will make us stronger my friend now Absolutely. is there other breweries or artwork that you or just kind of in general artists or styles that you kind of draw inspiration from or that you admire oh man too many too many to even name it's it's just like with instagram there's like so much so much work out there it's crazy it's like overwhelming sometimes if you if you go down the rabbit hole a little too far but um yeah man i mean even just people uh you've interviewed uh like i've been a big fan of david paul seymour for a long long time um and i was actually in Asheville last weekend and went to uh burial for the very first time um and they had like a bunch of his originals framed and up and on the wall so that was super cool to see i, I love his work i've been following his uh his kind of band stuff even before he was with burial that's kind of how i discovered him was through his, his work with different bands and musicians and stuff like that um John Baisley, who is the uh, the singer and guitarist for his band called Baroness, um, he does all of their artwork, and he he does artwork for a bunch of other a uh, bunch of other rock and kind of like heavy metal bands. Um, his stuff super inspiring. Uh, uh, let me think. Thomas Hooper, um, uh, Jacob Bannon from the band Converge. He also is one of those guys that does like all his own bands, album covers. His his work is super super cool. I could go on and on, man. There's there's so much good stuff out there. Um, Instagram alone, I've I've just discovered so many so many killer artists through it's it's a really cool tool um, for artists and bands. It's 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 just awesome how much great work is being put out there, man. That's so cool. Yeah, it is wonderful, especially if you click on certain hashtags. You just kind of go down the rabbit hole and just be you know find all these amazing people. So it's it's really cool. It's it's. I find myself like, holy shit, I just spent all this time and follow, 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 follow. And it's, yeah, it's good problems to have, but it just, you know, it's never been a better time for, you know, I think art in general and design, it's way more appreciated. I still think we get a lot of the folks that are, hey, let's do this. Oh, why don't you work on this for exposure? And I follow some really funny accounts that, you know, I think one is like E is for exposure. And it's just kind of like people screen capping conversations or people wanting them to do stuff for, for free or for peanuts sometimes literally and it's just a so there's still yeah. those folks out there but it's it's really important and so I'm, i you know you're you know you're doing a, you're doing a good thing thanks yeah this guy uh richie beckett too he's a he's a british based illustrator I, i'm a big fan of uh, like pen and ink drawing and like i like a lot of black and white stuff i've been trying to incorporate more color lately just because it's kind of kind of new and it's kind of fun to, you know, dive into kind of new, new avenues or whatever you want to call it. But, um, yeah, it's like, it's that fine line on Instagram between using it for kind of inspiration and like seeing different stuff. And at the same time, you can kind of like overwhelm yourself where it's just like, whoa, it's like you see like all this incredible work and you start getting down on yourself a little bit. It's like, it's kind of a fine line between not getting too distracted by it. Cause it is, you know, it's obviously an awesome, powerful tool, but, um, try not to, Try not to spend too much time on there. I'm on my phone too much as is, so. Yeah. Yeah, I was watching uh, Todd McFarlane did, like, one of those IGTV things that day and just whipped up. He's like, oh, I'm just going to do a quick drawing of Venom. He was, like, telling the story. I'm just, like, real matter of fact. And, like, six minutes later, he's just, like, super badass, like, Venom. It's like, oh, yeah, with his Wacom tablet. And it was like, just ain't no thing. It was. I was like, holy shit. Just, so, a warm, just a warm-up. Yeah. He was like, I'm going to do it. It was like kind of like, he's just like, I'm going to do a quick thing. He's like telling the story of like how he came up with Venom and how he wanted, he didn't realize until afterwards that it was a human inside. And that's why he made him so massively large because he thought he was an alien. And he was glad they didn't tell him like the origin story until afterwards because he would have drawn it completely different. But all the meanwhile, he's like telling the story. Just well, yeah, yeah. Just you know, it's like when Bob Ross says that shit. It's like oh, happy trees, and then all of a sudden you like pull back, and it's like whoo. Yeah, yeah. I'm Venom, just uh, happy things. Yeah, because he's like, oh, I'm gonna draw some eyes, and I'm like, where are the fucking eyes? Like that doesn't. Look, and it's like, what? I'm like, what is going on? And, and then he like throws the head in. He's like, like yeah, yeah, 
boom. He, yeah, he like yada yada himself into a killer venom. Yeah, yeah, that's what's super cool. It's like even you know, I mean, obviously, I considered going back to school when I first moved back here, but you almost don't even need it anymore. There's so many awesome tutorials on YouTube and like all these kind of just Skillshare sites and all that. It's like you can find out how to do just about anything now just on the internet. It's really cool. I mean, there's so many resources out there. It's like there's there's no excuse not to learn how to do something because you can find it for free, like just all over, which is, you know, it's a great resource. You can get like free video tutorials from, you know, world-class artists and it's just like super helpful. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I always admire when folks have like the pre-sketches up there and show kind of the process ones or like the, the pencil or pen and ink kind of comps or early versions of it. I geek out on that type of stuff a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool to see. Awesome, man. All right, so let's see what else we got for you. So, what kind of you know, what are your favorite beers you're drinking? I know you're probably drinking a lot at the at the brewery. And uh, you know, what's uh, what are your favorite you know beers currently? Uh, currently, drinking a lot of uh, a lot of pilsners and lagers. Honestly, I've, I kind of did the the full circle uh, journey there from like when I first got into craft beers, drinking all the big boozy stouts and all that, and I've kind of gotten out of that and just like kind of just seeking out like just beers, just like a good, just a good light kind of crisp beer. Um, but got really into the sours and stuff too. We, uh, we just did our first mixed culture, uh, like wild ale earlier this year. Um, really like all the sour stuff and the kind of funky like farmhouse beers. Um, we got a, we have a smoked lager coming out pretty soon that we've, we've brewed before, but really like that, especially when it's a little cooler out. It's like drinking a nice, nice refreshing beer by the campfire. It's pretty good, man. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've I've come to learn, and it's it's interesting. Folks who work at a brewery or have been in the scene for a while always kind of end up back. I, I think the Pilsner and the Lager, they're I mean they're world class. They're I mean, they're they're you know across the countries. You know, especially in Europe, they're probably bigger here. But I feel that brewers and you know folks who work for a brewery, they love a good Pils or you know a good Lager because it's it's something they can drink and it's not, you know, it's not huge. And, you know, it's, it's, while it's not always as popular, obviously it's a debate we could have, but it's such a harder beer to make. And so it's really cool that, you know, to, to really enjoy that. And I, I definitely, uh, I definitely need to drink more of them than I do, but I, I enjoy it. I've had a few good ones recently up in actually Vermont, which was awesome. Nice. Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, it's just classic style, and it's, there's, there's right. nothing you can do to, to mask all flavors. Yeah, I, I think that's what it is, because people, I mean, some of these beers, they just throw a bunch of, you know, beer garbage in there to, to hide if it's a, you know, it's a fucked up whatever, and so I think that's, people don't realize that, that sometimes when it's like, when the label has 87 different adjuncts and, you know, you know dry hop three or four times it's like oh they're trying to save this beer you know obviously it's sometimes it's a choice but there's other times when it's uh it's definitely a little smoke and mirrors yeah it's all it's all cyclical i go through phases i was like you know all i drink is ipas for a long long time and now i'm kind of kind of burned out on them and, I'm, and now it's the same thing happening with sours i've been drinking sours so much for the past six months kind of like soured out a little bit yeah you get a little indigestion okay. Like yeah. brisk lager, you know. <laughs> yeah, cool. All right, last one. Um, I'm, uh, if you follow along with Eric on uh, Instagram, you probably see some of these. I probably can guess some of these answers, but again, it's Eric underscore W underscore Salston S A H L S T E N, not Salstein or Stein or any of that other bullshit. Um, it's Salston, <laughs> so get it right, people. But what are your uh, what kind of music you listen to? Like, what do you listen to when you're creating, or what's the you know what's the what's the What's the vibe over there? Oh man, I'm in the I'm in all kinds of different stuff. Um, definitely big into uh, heavy metal. Have been since shit fifth grade. Um, got got corrupted early, um, but uh, yeah, man. Just to name some bands. Super into this French band called Gojira right now. Uh, big fan of Mastodon, uh, Baroness, who I mentioned earlier. They're they're. Uh, their singer does all their artwork and stuff. Um, band called High on Fire, which is uh, Matt Pike from the band Sleep. They're kind of like, kind of like sludgy, kind of doom metal, I guess you'd call it. Um, but yeah, if I'm not listening to anything like crazy heavy like that, I like to kind of go the opposite direction and do a lot of like folky, kind of bluegrass stuff. Oh, nice. Um, 
got turned on to the Hackensaw Boys uh, by our head brewer, actually. They're like a cool Appalachian kind of yep. big band out of Tennessee, maybe. Um, really into Coulter Wall, um, this Canadian dude that's like, sounds like Johnny Cash. Yeah, um, I got turned on to him, too. He's It's really cool. Yeah, he's awesome. Um, this uh, just recently found out about this girl from, from Nashville, Sierra Farrell. She's like got a really, really cool, uh, like old timey kind of voice. She's not on Spotify or anything like that. It's just on, uh, she has a band camp, but um, she's really, really good. Uh, spans 16 horsepower. They're out of Denver, kind of like they're no longer around, but they're kind of like all country. Um, the, the dude from that band. Uh, Dave Eugene Edwards, he's got a new band called Woven Hands. Um, they're super cool. So yeah, he did listen to the, yeah, it's probably the bulk of my listening. All right, yeah, I definitely got the metal vibe, so I was curious. Yeah, then you went to the complete 180 on, yeah, the, uh, on the folk, which I love. That's definitely my uh, my heart and soul, man. Been into it for a long time. I, I love that genre. I've been, it's, just, it's fun, man. There's just the album like that's that's part of what was so appealing to it just being younger too it's like some of these album covers it's like you can sit there and just stare at it forever and like there's so much to so much to see like just super detailed like scenes and there's there's a lot of like world building and in, in heavy metal like a lot of like crazy kind of themes and it's just cool to see these album covers you know they're just like so so rich in detail and like it's just, it's just awesome, man. The artwork is is really cool, and it's been cool to see how important the artwork has become in these album covers over the years. And like so many, you know, so many classic albums, you can just see the cover immediately and just like, oh, boom! Like I know that band. Like it's that's their aesthetic. Um, yeah, it's super cool. Yeah, and I and I would be remiss if I didn't ask about it. You you have a pretty badass beard, and you know how's what what do you. How have you been rocking that thing? That thing is pretty. Uh, it's got its own zip code. It's like pretty badass. It does. I think there's. I think there's a family of doves nesting in it. Actually, I. You know. Um, I've been growing it for. I don't know. I haven't cut it in a while. It's. It's. It's probably the longest it's ever been, or getting pretty damn close. Um, you know these these harsh Florida winters, man. I gotta. I gotta stay warm. But um, yeah, man. I don't know. Eight months, ten months, been growing it. Uh, I've, probably gotta give it a give it a trim here pretty soon it's getting a little gnarly yeah it's, yeah so you gotta check it out folks it's uh it's pretty badass so it adds to the adds to the lore it's very it's got it's very got a little edge to it, a little metal metal beard it's bit yeah it's not like pointy like a zz top it's got a it's kind of like a hardcore i don't know i was gonna say amish beard but that's kind of insulting so i was yeah we'll, we'll redact that one hashtag hashtag metal beard there we go cool well, th- well, thanks so much, Eric. I, I appreciate it, man. Hope it was. Uh, hope it wasn't too painful. We really appreciate you making the time to to join us. Uh, not painful, at all, man. Thank you. Really, really honored and humbled that you reached out, man. I appreciate it. All right, brother. Yeah, send my love to everybody again. Happy anniversary to the crew of Remote Works, and uh, we'll definitely be 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 talking soon. Awesome. Thank you, man. Have a good one. All right. Cheers, man. Thanks, Eric. And there you have it, folks. 2019, great start. I want to thank Eric. I want to take another opportunity to wish congratulations, nothing but success for MotorWorks. Happy anniversary! All the surprise sleeper beers. It's gonna be a. It's gonna be a blowout. Hope you guys have a good time. Whoever goes there supports them. Five years doing anything is amazing. We're coming up on two years doing this podcast, and we're just uh, blown away by all the amazing people and opportunities and things that we're being able to to do. Look for our episode next week. We're going to touch base with Heidi from 48 Beer Project. In the future weeks, we're going to have some additional guests. We're going to add some in the middle segment there. So we're looking to expand for 2019, hopefully have some news about CBC. And we're just going to keep, keep you busy. We thank you for all the support. We thank everybody for tuning in each week. Feel free to drop a line if you have any suggestions or you'd like to be a part of the project. 16ozcanvas.com is the website. My name is AJ, so you just do AJ at 16ozcanvas.com. Drop an email. We'd love to hear from you. We thank everyone who's been a part of this. We thank all of our guests of the past and future. But most importantly, we thank you, the listeners, and the community. One of the cool things that was discussed about at CES that I saw was about podcasts 
and it talked about you know building a community that while it is entertainment and has even in some examples been adapted to the television one thing that it can't do is really bring people together and build a community around the the subject matter and i think that's something that we're really doing together we really have had that opportunity to to meet a lot of you and connect you know we get a lot of messages and it's really just been a wonderful opportunity to speak to you know what you're digging especially from the artists you know what what they find interesting what's been you know helpful for them you know what they take away from it but then folks who are non you know i don't say gearheads because we're not doing you know gear here but basically just the idea that folks you know from different perspectives you know are, are taking away different different things it, it's been really you know really helpful uh, one artist that i'm excited to see her her growth lauren spear has been a you know, big supporter and so she's out there in the pacific northwest and she checks in from time to time what she's working on, and it's just really nice to, to get different perspectives. So if you're out there, we'd love to hear from you. Keep in touch. And until next week, 2019's here, and it's going to be a good one. So cheers, my friends.